Coach HQ BBL podcast. My name is Josh Garlick, and joining me today is Josh Schoenfinger. How you going, mate? Yeah, very good, thank you. It's good to be back, uh, chat a bit more Supercoach BBL. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, do you want to start by looking at the T20 International Wrap? Um, which BBL players caught your eye and who went well? Um, I'll start us off. The Australia v Sri Lanka T20 Internationals. Who caught your eye there? Uh, yeah, well, it was a pretty dominant display by Australia, wasn't it? And I was surprised, actually, that they went with a fairly unchanged lineup across all six games. Um, but that was because most of the players were doing their sort of job. Uh, Finch was pretty good at the top. Scores of 64 and 52, not out, were his best in the six ga- six games. Um, and we won't touch on, I guess, David Warner and Steve Smith. as We're not expecting them to have a big sort of super coach or BBL presence early in the season. But yep. one guy who really impressed me and impressed you numbers-wise was uh, Ashton Agar, who took um, uh, seven wickets across the six games and uh, scored well super coach-wise as well. Yeah, he sure did. He averaged 52 against Sri Lanka with scores of 71, 65 and 20. That's his BBL super coach scores. And against Pakistan, he averaged... 40, uh, he averaged 54, sorry, with scores of 43, 72, and 48. Um, he actually was um, Australia's primary spinner in the third game of the Pakistan um, series, as Zampa was out, and he looked really good. His bowling's really come along well, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. It just makes you wonder how high up uh, the Perth order he can bat this year. I mean, we've seen him, I guess, pinch hit at times for them, but if he's down at... Uh, it's sort of in the middle order. We might actually get some valuable runs out of him as well. Yeah, that's very true. Um, in the one-day cup, he's been batting a fair bit. A lot of scores of 30s and stuff. A lot of starts, but hasn't been going on big. Um, in his non-average, in his non-rain game, sorry, um, in the Marsh Cup, he's averaged um, 86 points, scoring 134, 132 33 and 45, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that's massive. Um, another guy who I thought uh, did pretty well after a slow start was uh, Kane Richardson. In the last four matches, uh, he took eight wickets, including three for 18 in the last one against Pakistan. Uh, so what are your thoughts on him? He was the leading wicket-taker in the BBL last year as well. Uh, thoughts on him? I do like Richo. Obviously, a Renegades fan myself and love watching him take wickets for us and was instrumental in our... Um, winning of the Big Bash last year. It's just hard with um, no double game weeks in the first couple of rounds. You've got a lot of teams that have them within the first three. Um, he's averaging, he, his averages were really impressive, though, during those series. Um, against Pakistan, averaged 77 points with scores of 71, 32, and 129 in that game you spoke about where he dominated. And then also averaged 50 against Sri Lanka. It does make you think about him, but you obviously got to think about those double-game weeks. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. And one of his teammates at the Renegades, uh, Aaron Finch, uh, how did he score supercoach-wise? Because as we record this, he got another 100 for Victoria today. Yeah, I saw that 100. Um, he's been ripping form. Um, him and Warner dominated in the T20 internationals. I don't have his score for today um, in the Marsh Cup. However, against Sri Lanka, he averaged 53. Um with scores of 107 and 53, but what took down his average was the zero in Game 2 when he got out for a duck. 
in the Pakistan series, he scored 67, 23, and 88, averaging 60. So pretty decent scores at a pretty high level. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, and I guess for our listeners who are new to BBL Supercoach, what sort of average should the, should we be targeting for our players? Because Supercoach scoring in BBL is a bit different to that in the AFL, of course. Yeah, that's right. Um, probably around the 50s, 60s for your, for your mid-prices, um, nearing primo players. Um, Darcy Short and Stoinis last year just absolutely killed it. They were... Um, they were averaging way more than the competition. Stoinis last year was averaging 97 points per game from his 13 games, and Short was averaging 91. But the second closest to them in the bowlers was Richardson, averaging 74, um, and also Curran, averaging 73. So it's it's hard. You can't. The big premiums score big, but probably have looking for an average of around 50 to 60 for your other players. Yeah, 50 to 60 would be really solid. Uh, were there any other players in that international series who really took your eye? Maxwell's first game was really impressive. Um, he scored 129. Um, it's just whether he makes his return from that mental illness break um, in in round one of Big Bash. Um I have heard that it could be that return date. Uh, just not sure about it. Zampa had some flashes of brilliance and also some flashes of pretty poor stuff. His first two scores were 112 and 79, which really impressed me. And it looked like his spinning was really, really coming along well. But um, in his next games, he scored eight, six, and seven, which isn't the best. Um, although. Pakistan were seeing it much better than Sri Lanka were. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And spinners, I find, can be a bit hit or miss as well, especially if they're not really contributing with the bat. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's what intrigues me about Agar and his um, role in the Scorchers side where he bats. Um, do we want to jump across to some of the international players? We've got some news, I guess, on them uh, as we record this podcast. Yeah, so the Bangladesh Premier League signings were announced today and Majeeb Rahman was um, picked up, which is pretty good because it gives you some confirmation on Zahir Khan. Um, a lot of people wanted to pick him or Majeeb for that double game week in round one, but no one actually knew who was playing. So it's good to get confirmation on that. Yeah, so that means for the first eight matches, the Heat's international players will be Tom Banton, the uh, English opener, and... Sahir Khan, the Afghani spinner, and then they'll be replaced for the ninth match onwards by A.B. de Villiers and Mujibul Rahman. So that's, yeah, as you say, it's great to get confirmation on that, and it's going to be interesting to see sort of who performs better out of those combinations as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'll be taking de Villiers and Orrahman. Um On Orrahman, he's actually been really good in the internationals against West Indies and stuff, averaging 47 from his three games, so... He'll be a good target when he comes back. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting to note. Um, now, also, the Herald Sun have been reporting that uh, the Melbourne Renegades will be picking up Andre Russell as their Mohamed Nabi replacement. He's also off to the Bangladesh Premier League. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Russell at this stage? As a Renegades fan, I'm, I'm bloody excited, but at what I think will be a very high price, I don't think I can pick him with no double game weeks in the earlier rounds, but 
if he's around for a while, he, he could be someone to look at in the later rounds. Yeah, you're right. And what we saw him obviously win the title with the Thunder a few BBLs ago, so we know what he can do, and he's a real crowd pleaser, bowling fast, big hitting. Uh, he's sort of the perfect super coach player. Well, that, that's 100% correct. Um, the way he can bowl and take wickets at a good economy is good for points, and as you said, you can hit a ball a long way and come in deep in the order, uh, make some quick, fast runs with a few boundaries. Points galore. Now, we had a few questions as well during the week about uh, the Stars International, so we'll just clarify that Dale Stain at the minute is on the cards for the first six matches for the Stars, while and then while he'll go into South Africa duties after that, uh, Pat Brown from England will take over for the final eight games, uh, replacing Stain, whereas Sandeep Lamashani is available so far for the entire tournament, but we're expecting him to be... I guess, picked up in the Bangladesh Premier League like he was last season as well. Yeah, that's the assumption, and probably a pretty good assumption. A player like Sandeep is probably going to be picked up by a team again like that. Yeah, I'd um, so. League. So I think there's a lot of smoke around his um, BBL availability still. Bit of intrigue as well about the Perth Scorchers international signing Liam, Liam Livingston from England. Uh, he's an opener for Lancashire who also bowls leg spin and he's been playing in the South African um, 2020 league at the minute as well for the Cape Town Blitz, batting at number four for them. So top order bat and part ha- handy part-time spinner. Uh, could be an interesting one to see how he unfolds as well, but not a whole lot of doubles to speak of for Perth either. Yeah, it, it could be an interesting one. I think... I don't think I'll start with him. I'm, I'm starting with a couple of Scorchers because I think they have their double in round three. I'm starting with Agar and Kelly at the moment. But if Livingston starts off well, I think he's someone that you could bring in, especially at 125k. Um, also with the Scorchers, they still have another international signing to come. Mm. I heard that, I can't remember who it was, but there was a couple of rumours around that Scorchers with that selection will be looking at a bowler because of the injuries of Ty and Berendorf. Yeah, okay, that, that's an interesting one to watch this space. Certainly plenty of quality bowlers out there. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, just on the international, Sean, um, I did a couple of scores for the New Zealand and England T20 international games. Out of the five games, the highest averaging BBL signed player was Vince with his 52 from his four games, actually, he was a surprise dropping during the series after the leading run scorer. Um, he had scores of 101, 21, 65, and 21. What are your thoughts on him? Oh, that's that's actually really interesting. I thought you were going to say it was going to be Tom Curran there, but James Vince uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, his strike rate was 132 through that series, so pretty good for Vince. You know, I was sort of expecting him to hover around that 120 mark, but... Look, if he carries that form into the BBL, I can see him notching up some really good scores for the Sixers. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, the man you did mention, Curran, averaged 48 throughout the series. Banton averaged 39 and Brown averaged 28, which is also interesting to note. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, speaking of quality bowlers, Hobart's uh, cult hero, Joffre Archer. Um, at this stage, we touched on him last week with the South African Tests 
And I've heard some talk this week that he might not feature at all in this BBL, which would be a real shame, but also just one for you to keep note of in your Supercoach sides. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, Archer, obviously a fan favourite last year, but I think he lost a few fans after the Ashes. Um, I don't think I was picking him anyway, but definitely interesting to note that um, availability of, sorry, availability is huge when picking players in this format of the Supercoach. So that is something you need to watch there. Um, now let's just do uh, have a quick touch on the fixture um, because there's a few intricacies and uh, ins and outs that we need to take note of. Uh, round one, do you want to take us through what's happening there? Yeah, so round one, the strikers have the bye. So I'd probably be sticking clear of the strikers to start, although you could have a couple of cheapish strikers on the bench. Um, I've seen a lot of people rolling with Stan Lake, who's in the early 100k mark um, on their bowling bench, which I don't mind the idea. He played in the... He played, I think... Two games in the international games, one against Pakistan, one against Sri Lanka. Against Sri Lanka, he scored 80, and against Pakistan, he scored 29. Um, players like him and Nielsen, I think you can start, but because of the bye, you can't really start anyone else. Um, the Heat have a double game week, Sixers have a double game week, and also the Thunders have a double game week. What are your thoughts about those three teams? Well, yeah, if history is anything to go by, we know that we have to take full advantage of the double game week. So that means loading up on players from Brisbane and the two Sydney sides. Um, but we also have to be mindful that um, a couple of those sides also have a bye almost straight after as well. Yeah, that's correct. So the Heat have the bye in round three. The Sixers have the bye in round four but also have another double game week in round three. So you can't really move them on if you have them in your side as they have the double um, in round three following the round one one, and then obviously the buy in round four. Mm. Thunder don't have a buy at all, though, so they could be a team that you stack up on. Yeah, a couple just to throw in there and set, set and forget, I suppose. The Hurricanes are another side that don't have a buy, um, but... And another one to interesting note is that uh, there's a consecutive, consecutive double game week for the Strikers in three and four. So if you get through there by in round one, all of a sudden you can start loading up and really banking some big points there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when you trade out the Heat players who have the buy in round three, um, I think the targets you need to look at are the Scorchers with the double in round three and also the Strikers with the doubles in round three and four. Should we move on to any last thoughts, any players that have appeared in your side who you didn't think would be there at this stage? So at this stage, there's a player who entered my team last night and (laughs) has been in red-hot form in the Marsh Cup. And he's come in because he's confirmed not to be in the test side, and that's Usman Khawaja. Um, Hefty price, 190k, but his big bash record is... It's really good, and um, priced that high for a reason. I think he's someone that, with the double game week in the first round, he can really give you a big score. 
Yeah, I, I love that selection. Um, I guess out of out of that test squad announcement, the big the big news for us was that Harris and Kawaja weren't selected, so they're going to be BBL available. And Harris is very cheap at sixty two k. Kawaja obviously a bit more expensive, but as you said, his BBL record is second to none, and he helped the Thunder to that title that we mentioned earlier in BBL 05. Uh, we just know what he's going to produce. He's going to open. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Another one that I didn't mention as a cheapie in our first podcast but was in my side the whole time um, and in a lot of sides now after his Marsh Cup is Cameron Green. Um, doesn't have all-rounder status, which is pretty funny when you look at his batting stats um, recently, but he's a bowler, 42k. You'd think he's pushed his way into that scorcher side. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on him? He's yeah. been in red-hot form. Yeah, he really has. Uh, I agree. You'd think he's in that side at the minute. Uh, the only issue for me is the stress fractures that he's had with his back, which is uh, preventing him from bowling at the minute. Um, hopefully, if he can recover from that in the next 27 days and there's bowling again while at 42k I reckon he's a starter not just a bench option yeah that's very true and obviously has the double in round three which could prove really handy if he does start bowling and cements the spot one of the blokes who has slipped his way into my side is Daniel Sams from the Thunder um, oh, yeah. we saw him in the Marsh Cup on the weekend get a fifer against Victoria and he was Absolutely dynamite last year, I thought, with bat and ball. So at 170, obviously he's a bit pricey, but he's available as both a batsman or a bowler. And, yeah, he's got a great record. I love that selection. Um, last year we saw him come in reasonably early at times because Thunder um, tended to have a batting collapse, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, their top order was really shaky last year, but... That'll obviously be rectified in some by the addition of Kawaja. Yeah, definitely. And it will be interesting to see whether Morris bats above Sam's. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. They've got some quality all-rounders there at the minute. Yeah. Another one who the Marsh Cup has actually made me consider heavily is um, Callum Ferguson. His form has been ridiculous, and he's another one that could stop a thunder collapse like last year. Obviously made a ton last year, and... Um, was inconsistent at times, but consistency looks to be one of his best factors at the moment in the Marsh Cup. Yeah, I agree. And, of course, he's been named as Thunder's captain for this season. I don't know if that changes anything for you. Uh, not sure. A lot of players, particularly in the AFL, actually, um, have mixed reactions to the captaincy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's perfect for him. I've, I've had my doubts whether he's been a great BBL player, I guess, in the past, but... He showed last year he can produce amazing innings and his form at the minute is pretty sensational as well. Yeah, that's very true, especially with that double game week in round one. He's just another one of those players that you're going to look and see if you can fit in there. Well, I think that'll just about do it for this edition of the Supercoach HQ BBL podcast, unless there's anything else you wanted to add before we go, Josh? Uh, not at the moment. Um, look out on the Twitter pages, though, at BBL Fantasy and at SuperCoachHQ. There's an underscore in between SuperCoachHQ there. Um, on the BBL Fantasy Twitter page, we'll be keeping you updated on all the international signings and international news. Also going to get a SuperCoach BBL group to put up there. Excellent. Look forward to it. Only 27 days to go. 
and stay tuned for more BBL Supercoach podcasts. Thanks for joining us.